Okay. Well, hello. Hello. It is again that time that I am on a <laughs> night shift, and uh, this yeah. is about to be totally unhinged. I can't wait. I, you know, I'm really interested to hear your take on this as a as a as a Persian American person to hear this little bit of history I'm about to tell you. I don't know how much you know. I don't actually know much. My, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was because like it, it seems like um children of immigrants that i have known go one of two ways right they're either like fully immersed in the the culture and the history and the family aspect of things Mm -hmm. or they're like not at all in um understanding of it right and you went the second way yeah and like we have i have some of the food i have some of the words i have some of the like the modern history of things but a lot of stuff that i learned about like older Persian stuff and things like that is because i researched it and i looked into it so like you know that america went and fucked up a bunch of shit in iran and now it's yeah not what it used to be (laughs) yeah like yeah 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 like america is fully the reason why it's a um it's regressed so much. Yeah, why it's yeah. an Islamic Republic now. Well, let's get into it, shall we? Not leave the folks waiting. Hell Welcome yeah. to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss The Strange and Unusual. This is episode 166 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Casey. And I'm Roya. This week, we will be delving into some bizarre Persian history. As I mentioned, uh, we will be talking about the ascension of Darius I. So, of course, you can find us on social media. Uh, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Threads, uh, the the platform formerly known as Twitter. Um, the, uh, what's the other one? Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Just look for our little logo. Did I say Facebook? I might have said Facebook. Look, <laughs> we're on the, the barest threads of, of my uh, mental capacity right now. So, let's go. <laughs> we woos for war, conquerors. Uh, we're going to be mild, like just vague discussions of infanticide in a broad general sense. Um, cannibalism, loose mentions of slavery, mentions of animal death, um, religious persecution and desecration of the dead. You know, pretty standard stuff for your ancient empires. Yeah. I just like the, you know, just a little, just a little just sprinkling a little of infanticide. Of infanticide. That's all it is. Just a little for for a treat. <laughs> So, picture <laughs> Persia, 6th century BC. Cyrus the Great is shrouded in myth and legend. He was the founder of the Achaemenid Empire, uh, the largest empire that has ever existed, or at least had existed at the time of his rule, uh, which he took, according to the Britannica, using a mixture of conquest and diplomacy. Uh, but it was later conquered by Alexander the Great, something like 200 years later. So, yeah, he's he's written about a lot. And there are a lot of contradictions about his life at the time. Um, contemporary historians. I just said her historians. Wow. Okay, contemporary RuPaul. historians <laughs> Calm down, uh, believe that he was born sometime around 590 to 576 BC uh, and that he was the son of the Persian king Cambyses. But there's little else known about his origins other than he likely spent some time uh, in his youth in the court of the Median king, um, Astygius. Or Astygius? Astygius. Astygius, that's what it is. Sorry. Astygius. Uh, so there's this story about how Cyrus was actually the grandson of Astygius. And one morning the old man woke up and he was like, I had a dream uh, and that baby is bad news. So kill that baby. 
Bates basically his dream. And he tells his steward to like Snow White the baby. And the steward, um, Harpagus, was like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll definitely do that. But as you can imagine, he finds it difficult to murk an infant. So he goes out, basically hands the baby off to some shepherd. And that guy raises the kid. And as Cyrus grows, the new family is like, whoa, this kid is slay. He is so noble. He is so awesome. <laughs> no one will believe that he is the son of a herdsman because he is just that good. So um, King Grandpa found out about the kid and he's like 10 at this point. And he brought him in and he talked to talked to him just like chilling. Like, hey, what's up, kid? Tell me about your life. Tell me about who you are. And he decided this kid was the bee's knees, right? And he's like, yo, Harpagus, I thought I told you to kill this kid. And uh, Harpagus is like, yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't do that. And Astigius is like, that. my grandson rocks. You really should have done what I said, though. So tell you what, kill and eat your own son and we'll call it good. Damn. Yeah, and then he's right. like, meanwhile, Cyrus is like, go live with your bio parents now. So he's so he does that. Anyway, he inherits Cyrus, that is, inherits what is essentially a kingdom called Anshan, uh, which is modern Telemalian. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, but he inherits this from his dad. And this is considered to be the origin of one of the world's oldest known civilizations, like 4000 BC old civilization. That's pretty and his old. Career, it's pretty old. His career really starts taking off around 560 BCE. He started conquering. He started with the capital of the Median Empire, ruled by the aforementioned Grandpa. So, like, maybe Grandpa wasn't totally off his rocker when he said, that kid's going to take over. You should kill him. But Cyrus did spare his life. So, there's that. And he conquers left and right. You know, he's, like, having a great time. Because he's Cyrus the Great. Uh, he united the two original Iranian tribes, the Medes and the Persians. And in this new kingdom he made, he incorporated civilian officials from both tribes. So he won the loyalty of the elite by um, by doing this. They were like, that's cool. Thanks, bro. And he's like, no problem, guys. Gave him a pat on the back, called him champ. I'm sure that's exactly how that went down. <laughs> he conquered the Lydian Empire and the Neo-Babylonian Empire. Uh, Sardis, the Lydian capital, was captured in like 547 or 46 and its ruler um crocius i think is how you say his name he was either killed or he burned himself to death though according to other sources oh he was God. just taken prisoner you know he was just like whatever and uh some sources said cyrus took him prisoner and actually treated him really well so you know who knows one or the other one extreme uh, or the other <laughs> yeah he either set himself on fire or he was taken yeah. prisoner or he was treated pretty all right <laughs> One of those two. So the Babylonians were dissatisfied with the ruler um, that they had. Uh, Nabondius, I think his name was. Nabonidus. Uh, so much so that even their priests were like, GTFO, bro, and practically welcomed Cyrus in with open arms. And so in uh, 539 BCE, the greatest city of the ancient world fell to the Persian. And so like, put, put that in perspective, he basically ruled over everything from India to the Mediterranean. And his people loved him, like for real, for real. Because Cyrus was like a tolerant god, I mean, ruler. There were um, stories of people like the Bactrians submitting voluntarily like to his rule because of how fair he was to those he had defeated um, and how he had spared the lives of other officials like Astigius. Yeah. Um, I mean, it makes sense. Like, we can either have a long drawn out war or... Or we can just be like, come on in, dude. Yeah, we can just be like, all right, cool. So he allowed everyone to practice whatever religious beliefs they had wanted. He was not an advocate for slavery. He even wrote what is considered by some to be the first declaration of like human rights. It's called the Cyrus Cylinder. 
There's a video I watched from the Smithsonian on it where they have like the cylinder and they're talking about it and like exactly what it means. It basically just says Cyrus was ordained by this god, Marduk, um, and explained that he could claim the city without a battle, which he did, and that the previous king uh, was like not on great terms with that god because he had forced people, aka the Jews, into labor. And Cyrus, in his declaration, says he's freeing everyone, allowing them to go home and to move on with their normal religious activities. Just like chill. And the gentleman from the Smithsonian video claims that Thomas Jefferson was uh, someone who actually studied Cyrus a great deal and looked to him for examples of how to govern a country with no state religion. So like part of what our foundation is based off is this Cyrus Cylinder according to this guy i mean it makes sense and like yeah. i remember i remember growing up and like when i was confused and trying to decide like religion and faith and do i fall into these things i remember my mom even telling me like the quran teaches you to explore other religions like it tells mm-hmm. you to explore other religions and then if you are called to islam that yeah yeah, then you'll you'll find your calling and it may be islam and it may not be and if it's not then it's okay just live your life well yeah you know so even into like the actual non-extremist versions of how to interpret the quran it's also based in a religious freedom Mm -hmm. and so again he allowed local officials to maintain their positions under his rule and was accommodating of all kinds of religious beliefs and traditions and languages, which was, you know, like pretty huge. You think 500 BCE, they're going to be like, my God, my rules. Like, yeah, this guy was not it. And his reputation as, quote, great was probably enhanced uh, by the extent to which his figure was mythologized, basically. Like the Greek historians were obsessed with this dude. Um, Herodotus recorded one of the most well-known legends about him in his like just the the histories of Herodotus so like it's like wrote basically about this huge chunk was about Cyrus um he also claimed that the Persians called Cyrus father but no other Achaemenian and like ruler was ever called father so it was like a huge deal apparently anyway I mean Cyrus I can dies. see that like like a father figure is always intended especially historically to be important like you don't you don't just call anybody father you know i mean call anybody daddy i was like daddy is (laughs) different daddy's a state of mind (laughs) but cyrus dies some say peacefully in his like capital he was just like literally chilling and died others say uh he had his head cut off while trying to conquer a tribal confederation in southern iran called the masagete um story goes he offered to marry this empress uh tamiris in order to acquire this area and she is like no 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 thanks and so they go to war and he ends up killing the general of her army aka her son oops in battle <laughs> and cyrus was ultimately killed his body was brought to the empress and she cuts his head off and dunks it into a dish of blood like a biscotti and coffee like just like doop doop and uh, she said it was like a symbolic gesture of revenge for his bloodlust essentially what we do know about his death is that he died sometime before 530 BC and that he presumably was buried with his weapons and cloak and all that in the um, uh, Pasarg- Pasargade, I think is how you say it, uh, and through the city. The city is now in ruins, but the tomb has remained largely intact, though for sure has been looted and even partially restored. So the city and the tomb are both recognized by the UN as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So that's cool. Um, And according to the other Greek historian, Plutarch, the epitaph reads, 
Oh man, whoever you are and wherever you come from, for I know you will come. I am Cyrus, who won the Persians their empire. Do not, therefore, begrudge me this bit of earth that covers my bones. I was like, that's cool. That's dope. That sounds like Cyrus. So we also know that he had two sons, Cambyses and Bardia, or Smerdis, depending on the, the context. Like Greek um, people wrote Smerdis, although it sounds like, from what I understand, Bardia is actually like the more Persian name. And so a lot of English texts will call him Smerdis, but I'm going to call him Bardia because I like that better. So Cambyses, the older brother, took over king of kings, king of the universe. I'm the great now. And Bardia was like a governor somewhere in the eastern part of the empire. I mean, still probably not a bad position. Well, no, he had he had he had quite a bit of power still. Um, and Cambyses is ready to pick up where dad left off. He's got his sights set on the last major player in the area, which is, of course, Egypt. Everybody wants Egypt. But first, like 527, 526 B.C., um, Cambyses is like, you know what would be the best idea, though? Having Bardia murdered. Damn. So, like, he doesn't want anybody gunning for his spot when he's gone in Egypt. So Bardia is the only guy who would have this legit claim of also being Cyrus's son. So there are some historians who believe uh, that Cambyses was a little bit more of a despot than dear old dad. And um, Herodotus uh, was went so far as to call him, quote, half mad, cruel and insolent. Damn. Um, there are other stories about him. Like there's a story of uh, Croesus, who we talked about, might have been killed or might have been treated really well. And so this makes it sound like he was not killed, but was actually treated really well because he's still around when Cambyses is here. And um, he Cambyses gets mad at Croesus and tells his dudes to kill Croesus. And they're like, yo, OK, we'll do that. And then they go out and they're like, yo, we know he's going to be really upset if we actually kill you. He's going to like really regret it later. And so we're not going to kill you. We're just going to put you into hiding. And so like, yeah, a week later, he's like, man, I shouldn't have had Croesus killed. That's so sad. I'm so upset that that happened. And they're like, wait a minute, dude. Guess what? We have great what? news. What if I told you that? <laughs> Would you believe like, me? If? He's like, that is excellent news. I'm so excited. But y'all didn't follow my order. So you're all executed. So damn that happened. And then he's like a week later, like, <laughs> oh, God, I shouldn't have killed, I shouldn't those, have men. killed all those guys. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Bardia is killed in secret and Cambyses heads to Egypt to duke it out with the pharaoh, uh, Samtik the third. Yeah, we don't know a lot about him. Or I don't because I didn't look it up. Anyway, Cambyses prevailed by ordering his troops to put cats, dogs and sheep on the front lines with their with their army, because those animals are considered sacred to the ancient Egyptians and they'd be less ruthless and less reckless and like not fight because they don't want to kill these animals. And so the Egyptians are massacred. (laughs) Damn. And now he's added Egypt to his list of spoils. While he's there, he's acting like the stereotypical U.S. tourist, desecrating royal tombs, ridiculing the gods and religious practices of the locals, taking selfies with distressed sea creatures on the beach. Like, this is this guy, right? And according to legend... So definitely not upholding his father's... Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. But according to legend, he actually killed Apis the bull. And Apis the bull is considered... He was like this super sacred animal to these ancient Egyptians, considered to be the son of the goddess Hathor, who is depicted as a cow or a woman with cow's horns. And it's like, you know, Apis gets replaced. Like when when Apis actually dies because he's an actual bull, not a deity, like they just like, oh, the next Apis is this bull, you know, but this guy killed their sacred animal, you know, not a cool look. 
Yeah, not a good look. And as he's doing his thing in Egypt, he has some plans. The first is conquest of uh, the Amman, the Amanians, in the Siwa Oasis, where people are like dissing him. They're like, this guy sucks. We hate him. According to legend, this dude sent 50,000 people to snuff out this situation. But after seven days, this army simply disappeared without a trace. Whoa. Yeah. Presumably. Kind of in a sandstorm. Um, <laughs> I apologize gonna, for that. <laughs> I'm going to choose to believe that it was a genie. Oh, shit. I love that. Great. I love that. Write this. Um, Herodotus <laughs> claims. <laughs> Take a note. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that they neither reached the Amenians or Amanians, I guess, or came back to Egypt. Further than this, the uh, Amanians relate as follows, quote, the Persians set forth from Oasis across the sand and had reached about halfway between that place and themselves when, as they were at their midday meal, a wind arose from the south, strong and deadly, bringing with it vast columns of whirling sand, which entirely covered up the troops and caused them to wholly disappear. Dang, yeah, that sounds like genie antics. Well, and so there was like, there were some guys who claimed that they found a whole bunch of bones in the desert and they were like, oh, this is the lost army. But most historians are like, yeah, that's, that's not them. So, um, anyway, there were also I plans. Who it is. I, that's what I want to <laughs> There were also plans to conquer Ethiopia, but supplies ran out and he had to like return to Egypt. And there is like this plan to take Carthage and that was never even attempted. But meanwhile, back home, shit is happening. In 522, like Cambyses hears about an uprising in Persia. And he's like, deuces, Egypt, it's been real, and heads home. But he did not make it home because he stabbed himself in the leg and it went gangrene and he died. I assume not on purpose. Yeah, no, he like was getting on his horse real excited or something. I don't know. <laughs> but who's going to lead the empire now? Well, yeah, he killed his brother. He killed his brother. So it can't be. By God, that's Bardia's music. Bardia is back. Business is about to pick up tougher than a $2 steak. No doubt about it. <laughs> that was my best JR impression. I was going to say, okay, JR. <laughs> I like picked out everything I could remember him ever saying, other than I remember he's, he said Jezebel quite a bit. <laughs> By God, that's the best part. Uh, so yeah, Bardia. Bardia is on the throne. Maybe. But, yep. But. <laughs> I have right? questions. So the legend goes that a, ma- a Magian, basically a priestly position, um, named Gamada was impersonating Bardia because by all accounts, he looked a lot like him. Uh. And Bardia's, Bardia's assassination was kept a secret. So no one had any reason to like be suspicious. Don't be suspicious, right? And he ruled for like eight months until his father-in-law was like, what? LOL. <laughs> there's this weird story about uh otanis and he tells his daughter who was a part of the royal harem like feel for ears when you're getting deed down next time <laughs> because feel it was common ears? knowledge it was common knowledge that guamada didn't have any ears but bardia did i have yep. questions <laughs> you know it's one of those noble traits that says he was more than a shepherd's son so yeah so she's like and, and apparently like people he hid this because he was always wearing a little hat or like a turban or fez or whatever was in at the time, right? So um, I was like, was he wearing one to bed? Like, how did she not know when they were doing the deed, right? So anyway, she like checks under his little nightcap for his ears and guess what? Boom, no ears. And once it's confirmed, her dad gathers a posse and they take out the usurper. Mwah. Chef's kiss. 
there's this whole thing about who's going to take over. And after like a debate and a competition to see whose horse is going to win first, a relative of Cyrus. <laughs> this is not, not a lie. Not I a lie. I believe you. It, just, um, it, it caught me off guard because of how absurd it was. Look, I, so I watched this. I watched an episode of Ruining History back on the old BuzzFeed. I, I found it on here. And apparently the way... <laughs> Well, let me get to this. Okay. Uh, so, yes, the whole thing, the horse many first, a relative of Cyrus uh, and company named Darius the first was named the next king of Persia. And there are a lot of condi- contradictory stories about how this actually went down. But regardless, Darius is the man. And the story that I remember from that ruining history episode is that apparently one of Darius's guys like helped him cheat by going to the stables and rubbing god i i'm so sorry that i'm going to say this um rubbing his hands on the uh favored mare of this particular horse that Darius is on around her you know mhm yeah and and then when it was like the sun was coming up and they were getting ready like he came over and just like pet the horse's muzzle with this smelly horse hoo-ha hands <laughs> the horse is like hey love that and that's how darius became king you could tell me that this was a segment that nandor talked about on what we do in the shadows and it i does, would fucking believe it's, you <laughs> it's some straight up nandor shit yes <laughs> so this legend as we've discussed is basically the the story as we as i have told you now is what is inscribed in stone at the behistun inscription it's like this 49 foot by 80 82 foot relief carved 330 feet up in limestone on a cliff at mount behistun in iran that you can still fucking see today it's written in three languages the old persian language um elamite and babylonian uh another thing that was super interesting to me was hearing that the translation was basically lost to time by 500 ad like a thousand years later language had changed so much that the people who lived there and were directly affected by these things could not read the language anymore. Wow. I just think that's kind of cool. Language is crazy. Yeah, I agree with you so, there. According to the Britannica, Darius I was known for his administrative genius and for his great building projects. He tried and failed to conquer Greece twice, which is what a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. How many times have you tried to conquer Greece? You know, I haven't needed to try because I know I could do it. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Their economy is almost worse than ours, okay? <laughs> almost. Anyway, there is a story from Herodotus uh, that claims that Cyrus had a dream of a winged Darius with one wing casting a shadow over Asia and the other one over Europe. And, like, there's this whole, like, oh, gosh, he, like, knew that Darius was going to take over. So that's, you know, something. But modern historians believe that this was, this whole thing was just Darius's story uh, to, like, a sorry attempt to make himself look good and tell the story as he wanted it to be told because, you know, history is told by the victors. Yeah. And the and the Greek historians don't help because they're just crazy. Uh, <laughs> like Herodotus accused Cambyses of all these atrocities and this madness. Um, but contemporary Egyptian sources suggest that his accounts of Cambyses are almost entirely false, if not completely untrue. And that at least in the beginning of his rule, he continued this consolatory like policy that cyrus the great had um 
Like in Babylon, Cambyses allowed the Egyptian nobility to maintain their jurisdictions. Um, And the only evidence of Cambyses being cruel as a ruler comes from well into the reign of Darius and beyond, um, which could just mean that he had guys on top of it making sure no one talked shit. But that just seems unlikely to me. Yeah. Seems like Darius is doing a a little smear campaign here. Um, So yeah, there's no evidence within Egyptian accounts of looting temples. And Cambyses is said to have ordered the burial of Apis in a sarcophagus. And the successor of Apis died in 1518. I'm sorry, not 15. 518. I put an extra one in there. Uh, 518 BC, four years after Cambyses had already died. Hmm. If this was a like a legit sacred deity... They would have written that shit down. They would have been like, and then this motherfucker came in and killed our fucking sacred deity. Yeah. The Egyptians do that. They love to write shit down. They kept incredibly detailed records about this bowl. Like, this wouldn't have happened. They kept incredibly detailed records about everything. About everything. Yeah, they did. So, contemporary historians tend to believe that Darius had been a member of the royal bodyguard of Cambyses. And Bardia, guess what? Was not assassinated at all. Bardia did succeed Cambyses. And Darius conspired with this group of nobles to kill Bardia, claiming him an imposter, an usurper, to make himself look good before taking the throne for himself and solidifying his claim for power. Dang. Yep. The character of Guamata in the Behistun inscription was potentially an invention to cover his own tracks after assassinating the rightful king. Some fucking Game of Thrones shit. This is some Game of Thrones shit. And it's likely that he propagated all of those horror stories of Cambyses being a tyrant to ease the transition for people to accept his rule. Like, oh, like, oh, he was he was like a really bad dude. Aren't yeah. you so glad I'm aren't in you, charge? Aren't you so lucky that it's You're me? so lucky that you have me instead. Um, and then like there's that whole thing about the lost army of Cambyses and people are like, that was not sent by Cambyses at all. And some have even theorized that it was actually an army lost on its way to Siwa um, by Darius to put down a revolt of a rebel pharaoh. Petuba- hmm. I'm sorry, I love saying this name. Petubatis. Pharaoh Petubatis. Uh, I can see why you like it. Yeah. So yeah, it's like he he was trying to say that Cambyses was the one who lost 50,000 men. Not me, Darius, the great king. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And despite his claim that he was related to Cyrus through the long dead relative that he went with when he was trying, you know, stake his claim, there's not really any support of that either, other than he was noble born. And so it's plausible. um, And he was married to one of Cyrus's daughters. Um, In fact, he did have a daughter, like an heir with the daughter of Cyrus. And so the line continued with the blood of Cyrus, but probably not the way that he wanted you to think that it did. And that son was named Xerxes, played by Rodrigo Santoro, wearing a gold Speedo in the movie 300. (laughs) Because that's an Iranian name. Yep. He's slightly brown. We can cast him. I have a lot of uncles from Iran named Rodrigo. (laughs) It's a really common. Make him him that guy. Yeah, make him the villain. Yep. So yeah, that is the story of the Ascension of Darius the First, Darius the Great, Darius the King of Kings, King of the Universe, and how he took the throne of Persia? Question mark. Not our usual weirdness, but I was just so tickled by it all that I could yeah. not resist. No, it just kept getting more interesting, and then it's like J.K. It might not have happened. Yeah, it pro- actually it probably didn't happen. 
Just kidding. I, it might have all been a very elaborate smear campaign. It might have been a very elaborate thing that I wrote in three languages on this cliffside so that everybody could see it for the rest of eternity. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind. Don't mind the lies. Just read it and move on. Well, I mean, and it just goes to show you that, like, history has never been a perfect thing. It's always swayed yeah. by opinion and and view and things like that. Um of just like what actually probably happened versus what they said happened. You yeah, know, what, and what you learn. The the inscription itself is like I'm pulling up a picture for you, like just to see like the sheer size of oh, it. Oh yeah, I've seen or, that. Like, I mean, not yeah. in person, but I've seen pictures of it. It's like apparently uh, Xerxes did one too. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, there's a ton of them. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, I'm also really cool. I'm Xerxes. Yeah. Sup? Remember those Spartans? <laughs> <laughs> remember the spartans <laughs> we are the spartans that's what i want to sing now <laughs> yeah that's uh that was me telling you the history of your people <laughs> thank you enjoy <laughs> well thanks for joining us today as we looked at just how bad the history books get it and now we want to hear from you send your stories your questions and your feedback to strange unusual podcasts at gmail.com if you're sending a story, we just ask that you put listener story in the subject lines so can sort through those a little more easily. You can also find us on Instagram and threads, like we said at the beginning of the episode, at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast, or our personal accounts, Roy Rampage and Calamity Casey. You can find us on um, X, formerly known as Twitter, at underscore strange unusual, at Calamity Casey, and at Roy Rampage. We're also on Facebook. Just search for the Strange Unusual podcast and look for our logo. Um, I am also streaming on Twitch right now at twitch.com slash royrampage. And I'd love to see you there and just talk about episodes, weird shit, creepy shit, whatever kind of shit. Um, Just shit. Yeah. Uh, You can also find us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash strangeunusual. You can get access to our Discord um, monthly-ish polling polling episodes. Um, Old... uh, patreon exclusive episodes um i'm looking at adding ads potentially to our um episodes outside of patreon as well so if you want ad free that's the way to go and it's just two dollars a month and you help um support us to make sure that we can you know keep our equipment and uh things up to date and nice (laughs) as well as i don't know emergencies (laughs) If they come up. Um, but you can, um, if you can't afford to support us right now, we totally get it. Like, gas for me is almost $4 a gallon now. Um, you can instead rate us on uh, various podcast um, listening services. I know that on Apple, at least, you can leave a review. If you leave a five-star review, um, I will read it on air, even if it is mean. I don't care. Like, I've got a few, if it's racist or blah, 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 I probably won't read it. But, you know, if it's just, like, two dumb bitches talking about (laughs) Casey colonializing Roy's history. (laughs) (laughs) Five stars. Yeah, but you had a good time. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was good. Um, But if you, yeah, if you just like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. Um, it does help us out to get 
in front of more people's eyes um and anything like that helps us out a lot interacting with us on social media is another thing that we both like a lot so if you have ideas for an episode or you know anything like that please don't hesitate to engage with us on social media yeah that's my input all right (laughs) with that i'm going the fuck to bed yeah good go get some rest you weren't that unhinged you weren't absolutely feral um, I I did a lot of like I just, I called Cyrus Slay. <laughs> yeah, and you did say herstory. I did say herstory. I did, <laughs> and I probably butchered a whole bunch of names, but that's sounded, normal for they us. They all sounded pretty okay to me, at least the Persian ones. Yeah, I was like Herodotus. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren's gonna give me for that one. <laughs> Who cares about the Greeks? <laughs> uh, no one. <laughs> anyway, bye. bye. <laughs>